1: Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety. This episode was so much fun. I've been a big fan of Astronoid for a while. So when singer-guitarist and Brett Boland said he was cool with coming on the show, I was pumped. It turns out we're practically the same person. Only Brett can sing, play guitar, bass, and drums, and I can't. Other than that though, same. We make up some new metaphors, talk about weird songwriting influences, and running away from your favorite bands. Pick up the music. Follow them on social media at Astronoid. Follow us at Performance ANX. Let's get right into the show with Brett Boland of Astronoid.
0: You're giving me two. You're giving me option paralysis here.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're okay. creative. Uh, you, this is this I, is an engineering problem.
0: Oh yeah, that I didn't say I liked doing <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> and I do it. All right. So what do I? All right. All right. I'm gonna take a crack at this. All right. Are you ready?
1: I'm still rolling.
0: All right. All right. This is Brett Bowen from Asteroid, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety.
1: That's it. That's all you gotta do man. That was perfect. That
0: was good, though.
1: That was. Brett, thank you so much for joining me, man. I, it's. Uh, I've been listening to Asteroid for a while now. I had. I've, I've had Air for a little while, and, and I just got the new one. Uh, digital copy. So, cause uh, you know, can't go out. But um,
0: got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I wanted to, I wanted to know a little bit more about how you got started in music. Like, uh, how old were you when you first started playing? Was git Was guitar your first instrument?
0: Um, I. This is like it's exactly how you think probably. I started as a drummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like I literally I just banged on pots and pans. And I like I, I remember I used to like take different bowls that were different sizes and like <laughs> flip spoons around. This is like when I was like four or five. OK. Or like I don't know. I was I was really young. My the only reason why I remember this is because my parents have pictures and video of it. Oh, so nice. it's like one of those like I probably don't remember. It's it's photos and things that reinforce that. But like I would I would bang on these pots and pans and like in pitch. And then, um, my, you know, like I noticed that they were like higher and lower, um, uh, stuff like that. But, um, and then I like, I had, I loved Elton John. He was like my favorite ever. And I would just like watch concert videos of my dad. He had this like live in London with like 10 billion people (laughs) there. And I would watch that constantly and I would dress up like him like I had sunglasses and, and this like stupid hat and I would just like do all that stuff, you know, just like pretend I was him. And my parents had this fake guitar that I was screw around with. And my grandmother bought me this like keyboard when I was a little older and I'd screw around with that. And like, I don't know, all, all that like dumb kid stuff, right. of just playing around and making noise. And then when I was older, um, I asked for a drum set and my parents didn't think I was going to take it seriously. Um, I don't know how looking back now and what I just said, I don't know how they <laughs> thought I wasn't going to take it seriously. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, this is the first time I thought about it. Um, so they ordered me this like JC Penney catalog drum set. Okay. And uh, I played the shit out of it, yeah. you know, and, and I ended up getting pretty good and then I took lessons and then, here I am at 31, am I 31? And I'm, um, you know, I have a, a, a degree and it's like a performance slash um, sound recording technology degree. Oh, cool. And um, I, around the same time in high school, or I mean, I'm sorry, the same time I got my drum set in school, I, had, I got a guitar as well. And I kind of like took a, a branching path. It was like drums was my serious instrument and then I would screw around. On guitar, and I taught myself how to play guitar. Oh, so wow. it guitar and drums were always parallel for me, and I think I took my knowledge of how to learn drums and applied that to guitar. Um mm-hmm. But I've never taken a lesson or anything. I probably should. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. You
1: seem to be doing pretty well without it.
0: I uh, I'm doing okay. Like <laughs> James Hetfield is my teacher. You know, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Just learning <laughs> the first four. Um, albums just, or anything, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I just love it. I, I can't, um, stop playing. <laughs> so oh, that's good. It's, it's, I, I just love music and, um, it's just something that I've, I've always loved. And I had just got a picture my mom's like going through the closet right now at home. And I just got some pictures of me in that, in those stupid outfits I was just telling you about. So <laughs> very poignant <laughs> time to ask that question. Excellent. You know?
1: Hey, I, I, that's what I try to do. You didn't know it. I was actually contacting your mom ahead of time.
0: Oh, if you we, bring we, the pictures out. <laughs> we planned the whole thing.
1: <laughs> we planned this whole thing. So yeah. when did singing enter the picture?
0: So I've always, like, sang in the car and stuff. But I never, I did backup vocals in my college band with uh, Casey okay. um, of Astronoid. Uh, we've been in bands. Um, oh, wait, no. Hold on a second. I sang in my high school band. Okay. There we go. I sang in the high school band with Casey. He was the guitar player and I I played guitar as well.
1: Was but this the Headfield the Headfield?
0: No. This was this Before, like four. Okay. We were like No Effects and Metallica. It was like we were called Thanks for Nothing. It was <laughs> a it was a shitty punk band with breakdowns. <laughs> and it was awesome. Like we would we would have the songs would be like really like No Effects type skate punk pop punky. And then it would have like at the gates guitar monies.
1: Oh my god. And
0: stuff. So we we would like really screw it around. And I, I have a video of our Battle of the Bands. Um, we would we would, like pretty much won every year. It was pretty funny, oh, that's actually. So I started singing in that and then I started drumming more in college. Obviously I was a performance I was doing performance kind okay. of And um I say kind of because it's a sound recording major and there is a performance. Um, major separate so I don't have a performance degree but I had to take two lessons a week I had to do like all the stuff you had to play an instrument to be in the program Ah,
2: so I
0: just want to clarify and be you know I don't (laughs) want to take credit for a degree I don't have right but um I would love to do that it's it, it was cool because I got to I felt like learning um the technical aspect of production and uh signal flow and The math and physics behind everything that kind of set me up for later where I now have a job that I can make money (laughs) (laughs) rather than um you know just playing which I thought like at the time I thought would be cool I was like yeah I can just play and make money but um that's a lot harder and I'm glad that I kind of had the foresight and my parents kind of helped me out with that yeah that whole um,
1: starving artist thing sucks
0: yeah yeah it's not fun no and um (laughs) So, but you got to work really hard to you're basically funding your your passion like with with whatever you do. So, but anyways, you asked yes. me about singing. So, I I pretty much what happened was I was writing these songs for Astronaut and I was just screwing around um like in my dorm room, okay? And the first EP um I had like two songs and Dan was doing um, a recording project we were, uh we met at school and we were both in the same program. So I was like, dude, you don't need to get a band together because it sucks getting a band together um, <laughs> to come record. Like, I'll just do it and I'll play everything and we can do it whenever the hell you want, which is like a dream for anyone at school because you have to herd cats, yeah. <laughs> you know, getting these bands together. So I was like, I got two songs. I can play everything. And that's it. You know, it'll be easy. So we yeah. did those two songs. That's what turned out to be the Asteroid November EP. And then it just kind of, I put it online and it just went out. So I was like accidentally forced to sing. <laughs> so. But it, like, I'm really happy it happened because it's, um, at first I really didn't love it, and it's gotten, it's pretty much when air came out, um, and we started touring a lot, I was like, man, this is not. This is hard, you know, yeah. it's like, like I'm used to playing drums um, in bands and guitar and not having to sing and not having that. Like, I'm not a front man. Like, I, I go up and I like. I like shrivel up. Oh, no. <laughs> and and I get all nervous. I don't want to say anything. And, well, it's a good um, thing
1: you have Casey because he he's not a shrinking violet at all.
0: No, no, he's a nut. He's a nut. <laughs> We've been friends since like fourth grade, Um, so we've been friends forever. And he's always been, he's always been um, like, he's he's he yeah he's yeah he has such good like he has such a great personality and such good presence. I've I've wanted to give him a mic. Yeah, (laughs) dude, you know what? You do the banter, and I'll just sing. But like, I think that'll be a little weird. I uh, I think it would be
1: amazing. I, I mean, seriously, it, I think it would it would be great.
0: It would be it would be funny. But the thing is, usually we have like a half an hour, unless we're like doing a headline run, and it would like it's just like set a mood for thirty minutes. And yeah. like I don't want to go up there and be like, "What's up?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we're gonna play this really deep emotional song now. Yeah. <laughs> See you on the other side, and or what I don't know. <laughs> But um, I can see yeah, it, it. Yeah, it's fun. I, I like creating that mood, and I like so like when a band does it right, and they come up and they say nothing and leave. It's just like oh shit, yeah. you know? Yeah, <laughs> and and I, I love it. I love when bands can pull that off, and I try to pull that off.
1: It's definitely uh, an, an atmosphere. It, it they leave, yeah, you know it's 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 almost a bit of a mystery.
0: That's kind of. Where I'm at. Sorry, I'm just um, taking a sip of a of a beverage. That's okay. I've um, had worse.
1: I've had Jerry Gaskill piss, and I've had Mark Lanigan eating yogurt. So I'm.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, yogurt. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yogurt sounds into a into a microphone. This, yeah. this is what I want here
1: from Mark um, Lanigan. You, that, that's something different right there. Yeah. The deepest yogurt oh. you've ever heard. Oh. baritone yogurt.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go get it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got yeah. a,
1: I've got got a question for you. I want to know a little bit about the name. How did you guys come up with the name Astronoid?
0: So the name is literally me mis-saying or mis- I don't know, mispronouncing or screwing up Asteroid or Astronaut. <laughs> it's either one. I don't know which one I was trying to say. It's more likely Asteroid because at the time, Mass Effect 3 had just come out. And Dan and I were really into it, and we were talking about it while, like, just I remember we were we were in like the back hallway in at UMass Lowell, like where like outside of the senior studio, and we were talking about the game. And I miss said it, and that was it. And we both had a really (laughs) good laugh. We're like, we should name that band that, and we're like, yeah, that's funny. And then now look at it. (laughs) Now we're (laughs) Now we and have two albums, and yeah, we're we're stuck with it. I do like it though. I it's think original. it's original. It
1: is. It's it's fantastic. It's it's memorable because you're like Astronoid. What the hell is that?
0: Yeah, and people can't say it at first, and yeah. Uh, but it I, it is memorable, and I do. It gets the it gets the feeling of the band perfect.
1: I yeah, think. it really does. It really does because the the music is very. Um, I don't want to say space because it's, it's not like space rock like a failure or anything like that. But it's it's like a it it it, it is comet
0: like, yeah, asteroid like. It's, it's it's like it's I don't know. Yeah, I can't describe it either. And and you're making I write it. it. Yeah, it? I don't know. I, it's very ethereal and very like I don't know. I get it's more of a vision of space. That I think that we can go with rather yeah. than, like, it's very, I like to think our music is, is beautiful.
1: But I love it, man. I,
0: it's I, like if you're looking at space. Not like what space is, well, but if you're looking at it, that's how I feel I like when that. I'm, yeah.
1: So how is asteroid different from Hetfield and Hetfield? Because I believe it's like three quarters of the same band, but I think you're all playing different instruments and from one yeah. band to another. Yeah, we
0: did, it. We did the shuffle. Yeah. Um, except for Dan. Dan played bass in both.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, he kind of got screwed. He got
1: um,
0: <laughs> He was like, we needed a bass player do. in that. Yeah. Um, but he's very good, and he's taking it very seriously, and he, he does a really, really good job with his parts. Oh, yeah. To keep up with general. you guys, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, he's such an incredible musician. He's a classical guitar player um, oh, wow. trained, and he just moves to bass, and it's just like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, man. Of course you do. That's um, That's a talented guy right there. Yeah, he's that's, very good. A recording since, and, and
1: you know, that's that. a guy who loves your music too. Because you know, to move from guitar to a supporting role like bass to get into the groove and, and be the backbone of the band and not right up out front is just that that's that's dedication.
0: Yeah, and he like loves not being up front. So it's, the perfect, <laughs> it's the perfect instrument. If he could if he could sit in the in the green room while we played, he <laughs> <you> would. <laughs> so the perfect
1: bass right there.
0: Yeah, it worked out for him. And uh the, what's also funny is no one would realize he wasn't there. Yeah, we, oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. I just wanna say one more thing. Yeah. Bass is like the most important instrument. I just need to Cover my ass there, there you go. because bass players don't get enough credit, and people like Dan Briggs and like the the real dudes out there who really take it seriously make like takes that music to the next level. So oh, yeah, I hate when bands. It, it, I hate when bands put out an album and I'm like, oh, they didn't have a bass player. It's just like the guitarist is playing bass. Like it's like, come on, man, take your take the bass seriously. Exactly,
1: Cause, you know, because it, it's it's one of the foundations of every song.
0: It's the link between the rhythm and the like harmonic structure of the song. You need that bridge. Yep, it's it's so important. But anyways, I totally forgot what you asked me.
1: I did too. So I I think it was uh, I was just wondering how Hetfield and Hetfield was different from Astronauts, oh. since it's mostly the same guys.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> Casey did a lot of the writing for Hetfield and Hetfield because he. I played drums. So what we would do is we would get in the garage together at my parents' house and then just like write four songs in a day <laughs> <laughs> of just absolute just chaos. It feels like a car in chest. But
2: there will be no
0: Um, it, it was, it's just, it, the easiest way to put it, it, it was like, Coed and Cambria fall Troy, Troy, uh, doing your escape plan. So it was like all that. And it was really fast and it was really chaotic. And our kind of mantra was to play as fast as we can and to play as complicated as we could. Um, <laughs> just like really pushing ourselves musically. Okay. And then that was like our band in college. And then, towards the end and senior year i was like i need to write something that is the complete opposite of what i'm doing and i'm gonna make simplicity the cornerstone right and then that's what those two songs came up like came from the uh, mm-hmm. for astronaut so it was sort of like the complete antithesis of headfield and headfield okay and i what's sp-
1: i know there's something behind the name headfield and headfield
0: so we both wanted to be James Hetfield. We, <laughs> so he moved, Casey moved to Seattle right after high school to help out with his family. Okay. And so he moved there and then we kind of, um, we kind of had a falling out and then we reconnected and then we started sending ideas back and forth over the internet okay. um, of songs. And we were like, I'm going to buy a white Explorer, and I'm going to be James Hetfield, and he's like, "No, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to be James Hetfield." And it's like, "Well, we're both going to be James Hetfield, hence <laughs> Hetfield and Hetfield." And the joke's on him because I'm the one with the white explorer. So now go. he can never get one.
1: So you won, and it's a beautiful guitar because I've seen you I play won. it.
0: Thank you. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I've always I- loved. I was the playing explorer. it earlier today, and. Um, it needs it needs a little love. I don't think I've changed my strings <laughs> since Europe. No, my God, the Kohee tour. I didn't bring it to Europe. So, <laughs> November. <laughs> oh, boy. But I've been playing my seven string a lot.
1: Seven. Okay. I don't know why. Okay, so what what brought on the, the desire to play a seven string?
0: I've had one since the beginning. It's on every album. But okay. I don't like to use it. I don't like to use the o- open A. I tune it drop it a, um, oh, okay. I don't like to use that as like a tonic, like a, like a main note. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to use the low end as like, um, like right when you think it couldn't go lower, it does. Like, okay. I like, I like that. I like to have the extended range lower rather than higher, um, to, for like chords. Cause it, it's a different feeling when you go to like a higher octave chord, when you go to that lower octave and it's just like oh that like kind of pulls you pulls out a little more okay. um, a little heavier and I, I like playing with that and um just recently you know i'm i've got a lot of spare time so <laughs> yeah. i've been writing <laughs> and um i've just been really enjoying that instrument and um i'm not very familiar with it so i'm getting a lot better at uh taking advantage of the extended range of the guitar and it's fun, like it's cool. It's 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 like um, throwing a new paintbrush, you know, or something new into your into your work. That that metaphor made no sense, but you know what? I mean.
1: <laughs> but, you know, you know, Another
0: paintbrush in your toolbox. Yeah, there you, you, know? you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like You know what? I like that one. I'm going to use that, and nobody's going to understand it unless they listen to this podcast. No, it's fine. But is it hard to switch back and forth? You know, thinking you, the mindset of six strings and then using the seven string.
0: Yeah, know where I'm going with it that was course. at first, but once you get the once you realize that it's a six string guitar in standard with a low B or an A at okay. the end, so it's like just pretend that string's not there and you have a standard tuned guitar.
1: Okay, That's and then
0: you can you know figure it out from there. So I've actually been to get better at it. I've been playing and practicing songs that I know in standard and just ignoring that string just to get better at muting it and playing cleaner and, um, just sort of pretending it's not there because it it is just a mental barrier of, of just like, you know, it's the same thing as my Les Paul. It's just. It's got an extra thing in the way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then figure out how you can use that, and be like, oh, instead of going up here, you know, to this A, I can hit the low A or, or hit this low C, and that I couldn't hit on the uh, Les Paul. So, I don't know, it's fun, and we're we're in drop C anyways for um, oh, okay astronauts. So, uh, it's also a different tuning to screw around with. So, it's fun. I don't know, just I just like throwing hurdles myself <laughs> I guess
1: <laughs> well then you overcome them and then you feel good about yourself so.
0: yeah yeah not today today was I did a lot of practicing today and, yeah um, I felt pretty good you
1: just do, you're doing a lot of writing in your in the downtime now
0: yeah yep yeah, just sort of whatever comes out
1: now you're writing more is, is astronaut the main focus of your writing now or is it edit?
0: yeah I would say so like it always kind of is um, I've been writing since the last album came out, Okay. But, uh, it's, it's sort of come to a little f- more of a head because I feel like I'm making some headway and you know what I want yeah. it to sound like Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what I want it to sound like. I, I, all I know is I don't want it to be the same. So,
1: you know, in, in looking at the bands that in influence you guys, I can definitely see that type of influence of, of ever-changing sounds. I mean, cause I found the band on Bandcamp. when I was, uh, searching Devin Townsend sounding stuff. Uh-huh. And so I, I hear that Devin Townsend, Emperor, Alsace, Mew kind of influences in, in, you know, and each one is influences in a different thing. Like, like, uh, the vocals I hear a lot of, a lot of Mew um, in it, but in the mu- in the actual music, I hear some a mix of like Devin Townsend and Emperor. You've got you got to those amazing pinch harmonics. I, I absolutely love that stuff.
0: Thanks. We we do too, and, it, and we take it a little too far. You live can't. Live.
1: No, you Sometimes. can't. Don't ever say that because you can't
0: it's fun though we we have like little contests on stage like we'll stare at each other and just like when when we're practicing it'll get to a point where every note we're playing is pinch harmonics and just staring at each other while we're doing it it's fun that's that's awesome. a fun
1: I, that's one of the things i loved about the, the that that style of metal with like emperor and I, I just love the uh the real Heavy guitar, and then in the middle of it, they'll just crazy-ass pinch harmonics all over the place. Oh,
0: yeah. That's what I was practicing today. Oh, nice. um, I was learning uh, Curse You All Men and um, uh, Izan solo stuff.
1: Okay, okay.
0: I'm really I love Izan I absolutely think he's an, a genius. Yeah. I I think he's underrated. Like Devin, he's he's the the Nordic Devin Townsend.
1: <laughs> you know, what? I'm not, I don't I haven't listened to much of the solo you know the I guess so yeah, solo stuff. I have to check that out. And I'm very yeah. familiar with Devin.
0: It's really good. It's not the same, but it is um it's the same as like he does whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. You know and that's That's what that's what i want so every album is different every album is just like you know i'm gonna try this there's more experimental ones and there's more black metal ones and there's one that is just like absolutely off the wall that i can't even pronounce (laughs) okay um but uh it is his new ep is really good like i i just love him he's such a good guitar player and um like on half the records lepros is his backing band so it's like it's it's killer, like it's great stuff, and
1: that is awesome, yeah, I would definitely have to check it out and have you Have you been following devin during the uh, whole quarantine thing
0: i haven't he um, putting
1: out a song like ev- literally I know. every day
0: i I've completely taken myself off social media, oh really um just to like i'm still i haven't deleted anything, but like nothing he's, he's is not on my phone. Attention. no um. It's not a very mentally healthy place oh, God, right no. now. No, um, even with the good stuff like Devin Townsend, but and like people making music and making stuff, it's just unfortunately it's too uh, it's too toxic right now, and I don't, I don't need that.
1: You know, especially what like Twitter seems to be the the worst.
0: Oh, that was the first one to go. <laughs> yeah,
1: good, good. If if I didn't have to promote this show through Twitter, I wouldn't even have it. But I, I I'm a more of a visual guy. I was a photographer for you know, since the early 90s, and uh, I I tend to like Instagram more because it's a more visual. Yeah.
0: I agree. So. I actually that's the only one I still have on because you can't really can't really post a lot of negative stuff unless you're like taking pictures of or, or like reposting stuff. Like I'm still seeing like people's dogs and oh yeah like. You know, it's, it's, which is fine. That's like what I want to see. Good. I want to see Instagram is more normal and I've just, I don't really feel like I have anything to post. So I've just been posting what I've been listening to like every day. I'm just listening to a ton of music. So I'm like, here, I don't know, maybe someone who follows me, one of the four people will, um, (laughs) will find something new because I always like finding new music. So I
1: oh so do I and it's, like I said that's one of the things one of the ways I found you was because I I love Devin Townsend and he hadn't put anything out in a little bit and I was like let me find something that he's influenced and so the I believe the first thing that popped up was Astronoid so and uh, I saw that
0: yeah we kind of wear that on our sleeve <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: well I noticed two things in particular the first one. I want to ask you about is that you guys did a, a cover of My Bloody Valentine's Only Shallow. That you get there's only two bands that I've known that have ever done that song any justice, and it's you and a band called Shiner. How did you guys decide to do a cover of, of that song? That song is so intense.
0: That was so. That was when it was still just me. Oh, really? Much. Okay. Yeah, and because um, I didn't put the band together until Stargazer, so okay. that was a little before Stargazer. And it was almost an experiment to myself to see if I could do it. Oh, wow. And like I got I've read some stuff about how it's like, oh, it sounds like the original. It's like, Yeah, but you know how hard it is to make it sound like the original? Yeah. That was the experiment. It was like, can I get that sound like that warbly weird and still I kind of make it my own. But I I really wanted to make it kind of true. To the original.
1: Well, that's one song where you, you know, I, I'm i all for bands taking a song and covering it and making it their own. That's one of the few that I think if you, you can't, to, you yeah, can't. exactly.
0: I also, um, I was told about them after I started the band, so, uh, oh, okay, I didn't know about Shoe Oh my god, seriously. So, wow. what happened was. As I put it out, and then people were like, Oh, this is great. You guys sound like this, this, and that, and this. And I was like, What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Like, they were like, You sound like My Bloody Valentine. You sound like Slow Dive. You sound like um, like, uh, Lush. Like, oh. all these ride. And I was like, What is this? And then I just got introduced to Shoegaze. And I had never heard Shoegaze before.
1: That's insane.
0: And <laughs> And I was just like, I. I kind of gave myself like a little pat on the back. I was like, Brett, you kind of like did this without hearing anything of, of the source material. You deserve and I was like, it, cool. Man. But, like it's, but I, I was also influenced by Yesu and Alceste, who were influenced by right. them. So it all comes back. But um, yeah, so I was like obsessed with that song. And I was like, cool, like I love this song. And I'm gonna cover it. And then later, as I go through time, and I'm like, this is like an untouchable song that I managed to touch. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And I was just like, maybe I wouldn't have done that. Um, if I were where I was now, like I wouldn't touch that song.
1: Damn, um, yeah. Okay.
0: You know, I, but yeah. I, I was naive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't privy to how important that song and album was, but oh. I remember I did read about it in the it's in the Rolling Stone albums to listen to before you die or yeah. however, 800 hundred or, uh, but that was at a recording studio that I was interning at. And I remember writing that one down because I was like, oh, because you read it. You read the story and how much money they spent. Oh, my God. And, dude. I'm still
1: trying to get Alan McGee on the show just to te- just to talk about my bloody Valentine bankrupting him.
0: Oh, it's it's unbelievable. It's one of the most expensive. Well, it wa- was one of the most expensive for the time. And, yeah. Um, I I don't even think it sounds very good, but it oh, sounds thanks. like but yeah. it sounds. I could. I wouldn't want it any other way. I yeah. Exactly.
1: You know. Exactly. Even. But it doesn't
0: sound good. No.
1: <laughs> and the, the weird thing is, even the follow up. Uh, 14 years. Was it fourteen years later? Yeah. Twenty years. That doesn't sound good either. But I. I love MBV. It's. Yeah. It's just as it just it sounds exactly like, Loveless. It's just. Did it's,
0: that come out the year Air came out? It I might
1: have. I don't
0: remember. Because I remember I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, they can't put it on an album. Damn it, Shields. I don't remember. Yeah, it's not on Spotify. No, That's I, a weird record. It's hard to find. They didn't make many. No, I know. Um, I did manage to get a copy, and it pissed me off because it doesn't fit my CD rack because it's a little t- too long because they wanted to be fancy. Oh my god! I only got <sighs> the
1: download because I, I well, I have three teenagers, so I'm constantly broke. So mm. I downloaded it, but I, I'm, I'm one of those because I, I need physical copies. So if even if I get the download, I'll eventually have to get the yeah. original copy. So I'm still working I, on that.
0: I used to go every Tuesday when it was still Tuesday. Yeah, um, we'd go and you know, I would go to the record store and just check out what was new and pick up a bunch of stuff. We'd go every week yeah. and for years. And uh, we both have like 2000 plus CD collections.
1: Yeah, that's, and I've got almost 4000 at this point. It's
0: just Yeah. So, but I've uh, with Spotify I've been going down, but um I still buy like whatever I'm like really really digging. Um and yeah. especially with what's going on now, I just – I saw a bunch of bands like cancel tours and I just bought a bunch of merch from yeah. our store, a um, bunch of CDs and, and T-shirts and stuff like that. So
1: Yeah, I'm um, trying to do the same as much as I can.
0: Yeah, no, it's tough because I'm – I want people to buy our stuff too. Yeah, you know, it's, exactly. <laughs> but uh, we're not – we didn't have tours canceled. And you're, I know – You're trying to um, support
1: other people, but you also need other people to support you.
0: Right, but – at the same time, it's like it, I didn't have to let crew down or yeah. I didn't have to, you know. So it's like we just have whatever the operating costs of asteroid are that are just normal, you know. Yeah. So it's like we're, we're fine there. But um, I'll yeah.
1: tell you, the worst, the worst part about that whole thing is that I, I, not, I don't shoot really professionally anymore. I haven't done it since my wife and I had kids. But I, was, I, I do shoot for a, a – DC area blog that does live music reviews, and I was literally two, three days away from shooting Devin Townsend live at Ramshead yep. when everything went down. So I, I had my, my the media path, I was all set to go, and I had like two days before the show. Up, oh, everything's canceled.
0: Yep, and I haven't uh, seen
1: Devin live in person
0: yet. Uh, I've only seen him once, and. It was at my least favorite venue. Oh, really? Um, and he was amazing. He was great. Um, but I was just like, uh, it wasn't right. It's I still haven't had the right Devin Townsend experience. <laughs> one day, one day. Um, but we've never played with him. We've never, I've never been anywhere with him there. Like, no festivals or anything, so. Oh, man. One day, <laughs> the stars will align. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping so,
1: too, because I've actually had a couple people from his bands on the show. Um, like, Shay uh, Ami Dorval, she's been on the show. And, oh, uh,
0: she's unbelievable. Oh, I love her. She's so What a awesome. voice. I know. Holy I know. shit. Cosby the Fool is one of my favorite. Yes. Devontowns.
1: Oh, my. And now Shay's doing an EP of covers through, I think, GoFundMe or something. So mm-hmm.
0: that Her album is good. It's very good. Oh. Her solo album.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll <laughs> give you... Alright, so, I, I'll tell you, I, I found out about Che through Devin Townsend. You know, he had her on the his key album on a song mm-hmm. called Train Fire, and I was like, who is this? And it just says Che on the album. Like, yeah. That, that doesn't help me very much. And then I saw the casualties of a cool album come out, and it her actual name was there. I'm like, oh, cool. Alright, so now I'm going to go look and see what she's got, because this is this is how I have four thousand CDs.
0: Mm-hmm. So no, I, you're doing the same thing I do. <laughs> so I I looked
1: on Amazon and it only had it had one album up there, and I, I looked on YouTube to f- listen to some of the music, and it had that album and an EP, but Amazon only had her one album listed up there, and it was like forty five bucks, and it it was in like a double special edition. It was just her album. Yeah. So I was like... Yeah, I can't do that. So I found her website and I just shot her a message. I said, "Hey, um, just wondering if you sell this directly because I was looking on Amazon and it's forty-five bucks. And you know, I I like your voice, but I can't afford
0: that. Honestly, and that doesn't go to her.
1: Yeah, exactly. She,
0: she's not charging that.
1: So she's like, oh Jesus, she's like Amazon, bunch of assholes. She's, like, I'll just mail it to you. I'm like, well, okay. So what do you want me to send you? She's like, nothing. Just, I'll just mail it to you. I was like are you serious? She's like, yeah, 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 no problem. So, uh, like a week or two later, I get in the mail, this envelope from Che, and it's got that album, plus the EP that wasn't listed anywhere, and she signed them both. One was, it was around Christmas time, so one says, Merry Christmas, Che, and the other one says, You're the tits, Che. (laughs) So, I was like, this is, so I, I, it was a little while after that, that I decided to start doing this podcast, I'm like, I gotta have Che on. I, I, She's got to be one of my first people. Unfortunately, she agreed to come on, and and uh, we we chat every once in a while ever since. And, uh, I also had Mike St. John on not too long ago.
0: He's yeah. such a good dude. Yeah, we've done so many tours together. With oh yeah, him behind the lights. That's awesome. He um yeah he's he's done stuff for Tesseract. Yes. Um and he's a great guy. He helped me out because I program on the lights for the asteroid stuff. And um, cool. He was, he was very helpful with, um, you know, he's like, dude, the lights are off. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he helped me find a, um, a, a Reaper um, thing that was happening. I, I use Reaper to, to program the lights. And, oh, um, really? The, there it, there the, was a.
1: Is that like the, uh, the uh, audio editing software? Too? Yeah. Yep. I've been, pre- I've been playing around with that because I don't use that to edit. But, it's uh, amazing. But I have a copy of it. I didn't realize you could do lights through that, too.
0: So I do, um, it's this program that you, you track MIDI and then the MIDI program, like it shoots out DMX. Okay. Um, so it like, it triggers a preset pretty much. Oh, okay. Um, okay. it's cool. It's a square peg round hole type thing. You're, you're like kind of, you're playing with, uh, you know, things you shouldn't be, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's like gene splicing, but, um, but it, it works not. But it, it's, it's a lot of work. But he helped me a lot with that. And uh, actually, the guy, the LD of um, Cody and Cambria, was a really big help too. He oh, was cool. uh, he was a lot of help. So, that's awesome. Um, that's always cool. But um, I forget what we were talking about oh, again. We were,
1: we were just. My God! Oh,
0: I do have a question. Okay. Brain.
1: We were talking about the My Bloody Valentine cover. So I wanted, I did want to know if you guys do oh, any yeah. other covers. In, in- I do
0: covers by myself, but I don't release them.
1: Oh man. <laughs> See now that's something you should probably consider doing with all this downtime now.
0: I know. I I was the thing is I'm like I have this idea and I'm like okay oh, hey, this would be really cool and then I start it and then I'm like halfway through it like a demo of it and I'm like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> and it usually is like not not at all how I thought it was going to be like in my head I was like this is going to sound cool it's going to be like a little different and then it just sounds stupid and cheesy and I'm like that's it. Done and then it's gone. There's one cover that I want to do though. What's that? Two. There's two covers I want to do. The number one cover I want to do is is San Jacinto. Oh, I knew, you. I knew you. I knew
1: you're a big fan of Peter Gabriel, and I was kind of hoping that would be the one.
0: That's the one. It has to happen. Yes. It is. I've try, I've started it, and it is not easy because I can't do it. There's that marimba line in the beginning. Yes. Like that. That. And it's a permutation and it's like a few different marimbas overlaid. And I can't, I haven't transposed it or uh, transcribed it yet. I just can't, it's, it's really strange and I can't like sit there because it's not locked to a grid. Like, you know, I can't just put it into pro tools and just, just be like, Oh yeah, this is definitely 150 right. tempo. tempo. Right. You know, it's like, it, I, so I can't. I haven't found a good way to really do it, is, and is, I, I would need to sit down and actually write it out. Is and that I haven't the, uh, the stuff
1: that was sampled that he that he did, or is that the, is that the, a live track?
0: Um, that I'm pretty sure those are live. Marumbas. Okay. Because
1: um, I'm trying it, to. I've been. I've been contacting his drummer from the, that whole era, Jerry Murata. He's. I'm trying to get him on.
0: That'd be. Incredible. So, yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's, shit.
1: he's told me, he's like, yeah, oh, come on, no, no problem. But we just haven't, for literally a year, we haven't been able to nail down a, a date.
0: So. Well, now's your time. You got to reach out to him now. Hey, I man, know. I know you're not doing
1: anything. <laughs> <laughs> he, he plays with uh, uh, the Security Project, which is like a, it's a Peter Gabriel cover band, but with like, him and, and Trey Gunn from King Crimson and a whole bunch of other people. So That's nuts. Trey Gunn was yeah. on too, so.
0: Uh that that's the other cover I want to do is um is what the hell's the name of that song? Um of discipline.
1: Um uh Elephant Talk. Uh, I, it...
0: uh, no, frame by frame. frame. Oh, oh, frame by frame. We that... could do it, but it would have to be a group effort. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, so we would have to really figure that out. And I actually started that one as well, but that frip guitar part is yes. not possible. <laughs> how he does it, I can't, I cannot play it. And I've oh, tried, man. and his fingers, Fripp is the guitar player, right? Am yes. I, am I wrong there? Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. It, it's, for that, it was Fripp and Adrian Ballou.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is Fripp's part. He, he just sits there on his stool. Yes. And just... Makes everyone look like a fool.
1: He does. I hate
0: that that rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> man.
1: Well, lyrics to it, a new Asteroid song.
0: Yeah, there we about go. Robert Fritt. About Robert Fripp. About Robert Fripp. Yeah, frame by frame. <laughs> I would love to cover those songs. I would love to do it.
1: Oh, um, man. I'd love to hear an Asteroid version of both of those.
0: I think it would be a lot of, especially San Jacinto. I, like, it, it is like the most epic, emotional. It is such a great song. And yeah. It, I, I love that whole record. That's definitely my favorite. Yeah, it, did, it took
1: me a while to get into Peter Gabriel because when, when that stuff came out, I was more into Megadeth. So...
0: Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah, I could see how, um you know, doesn't really, doesn't really... Yeah, I got into Metallica and Megadeth when I was a kid and I got into Peter Gabriel like, like <laughs> maybe four or five years ago. So it's like, I've had time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not like they're both coming out at the same time, and I'm like, what? But I am listening to Devourment and Mew at the same time. So oh, it's wow! Like, who oh, knows? Mew's awesome. Oh, awesome. they're the best. I was doing a deep dive on them the other day. Like, I don't know, I just do it every once in a while. Oh. They have like no videos, yeah, like, of, of like they have music videos and li- and some live stuff, but like there's nothing. Besides their like documentary that they made at the Glass Handed Kites.
1: Oh really? I, I haven't gone that deep yet.
0: Yeah, it's that documentary is unbelievable. It's I awesome.
1: Did see they did a really cool uh, set at KEXP.
0: Yeah, I think that's yep. on
1: YouTube. That that was really yeah. that was pretty interesting. No, to watch. they're
0: they're one of the best live bands. Like Jonas goes up there and he's just like, I'm not even gonna look like I'm trying. Yeah, <laughs> and crush these. Yeah. And yeah, they're 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 my favorite band. They're like the one band that since the beginning of Asteroid has been like uh, an influence. Other bands come in and out. Yeah. You know, like whatever I'm listening to, but Mew is always like a constant of like like the, I would just want that feeling, I want to capture that feeling and and um he's such a diverse vocalist and yeah. with, with his patterns, he never sings what you think he's gonna. And even in verses that repeat, his vocals aren't the same and choruses with changed lyrics, you know, yeah. it's just so creative and it's, um, I try to strive for that and, and pull out somewhat, of, well, you know, what he's doing into my music and it's hard because I don't want to copy him, but yeah. yeah. I, I will.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, but I I don't want to, will.
0: but he doesn't make it hard. Yeah. You know, he doesn't make it easy not to. <laughs> yeah. so, no, so, they're they're a great band. I, I was listening to the live at, with the Copenhagen Orchestra. I listened to the whole thing mm-hmm. last night. I've listened to it a bunch already, but I just, from front to back, I was just sitting there, you know, just really doing nothing, oh, just nice. taking it all in. It's great.
1: I'm gonna have to check that out because that that's one band that that I, I like. I haven't done a deep dive, and I think that even even my wife could get involved, get into them. So I, I think that's one I could do a deep dive, and she'd actually be cool
0: with. So. Yeah, the glass hand kites and no more stories of the two, are the two records. And for me, I love all. I love them all. But
1: so I okay. So I have a, have a question. Since we're kind of talking about recording now, was there much of a difference in how you recorded? the asteroid the new album uh, compared to air
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> <What>? <laughs> air was a nightmare oh really because we were like writing it and recording it at the same time oh jeez like up until like the very end we were changing forms oh was, wow like it was it was crazy like the drums were done and i was still writing parts and I didn't have the vocals done, it wasn't like, we were just by ourselves, like, we didn't have a label, we didn't have management, we didn't have anything, so it was just like, we worked on it when we had time, and I was like, these vocals suck, I gotta rewrite them, like, you know, and, like, there's a early version of Resin, and it is just, it is horrible, like, it is, you know, and same with Up and Atom. Like There's an early version of Up and Atom where the vocals are completely different, like completely different melody, oh, completely wow. different lyrics. And it's just like, it's just wrong. Like if you heard it, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. Oh, no. Uh, I bet it, I bet now it would be interesting. To me, I don't think it's interesting. But I know how I like other bands when they put out like alternate versions. I would like it. but
1: Oh, yeah. That's why I buy um, the deluxe versions of everything.
0: Yeah, it, I love that stuff. I love it. Even though I'm like, wow, I'm never going to listen to that again. I'm glad I heard it.
1: Yeah, I'm I, i I'm glad I have it. But if There's
0: you- one, it was actually a huge turning point, not a turning point, but it, anyways, there's a Third Eye Blind album, their first album. Yes. The one with uh, Semi-Charm Life. Yes. So I the story that. of that is they put that song in and the record company told them there's no way this song is like going to make the record. This is, this sucks. Yeah. And we all know that's like the single like yeah. the, the one. So I always heard, I, I heard that story before and I was like, wow, like I, I, it's crazy. Like that, the disconnect between a record company and the band. Yeah. And then I heard they, they put out the 20 year anniversary and the demo is on there and it is three BPM slower, like really minute right. like change right. slower. It sounds horrible. it is completely different. It like the whole vibe is, is off. Like everything is wrong. And if I heard that, I would have been like, no way this is going to be on the record. (laughs) And I was driving up to Maine with my wife and I had just written water a few days before. Okay. And we were listening to the demo and something, it, it, it was just, there was something not right with that song. I loved it, but like there was something not right. And then we were talking about this Semi-Charm Life thing, and the Deluxe Edition had just come out, and we were listening to it, and I'm like, you know, maybe I should speed water up, like, three BPM. Like, <laughs> and I did. I went home from that trip from Maine, and I sped it up, and I was like, this is it! And uh, I sent it to everybody in the band, and they're uh, like, what did you do? Like, this is so much better. And I was like, I just sped it up, like, three BPM. Oh my and god. And it changed the whole thing. So it's like it's funny how those little alternate versions of songs can can spring ideas for yourself and be like, well, if it made that song better, it'll definitely make mine <laughs> better. <laughs> so um, if it worked for them, work for me. Yeah, so why not? Was, but with the difference between air and, and um, self-titled is like that that example right there is the difference. Like I wrote demos and I fully flushed out demos. Like I recorded the album before. It was recorded. Oh like, wow! I did everything, so everything was done. Vocals were done, lyrics were done, everything was done. Then we recorded, like a, like real, like big boys, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so and we had much more control of the situation at this point. Um, really,
1: even because compared to doing it your, the first one yourself.
0: Well, it was still ourselves. It's just like we were putting an album out now, and it meant something. Like it was, like it had to be good. Okay. <laughs> you okay. Know?
1: okay. I, I, I there think that's didn't useful. have to
0: be good. There was not. <laughs> there were no eyes on us. Um, that's true. You know, as as many eyes as you know, we're not the biggest band in the world, but a follow up to an album that did pretty well. You know, it's like it was a lot of pressure. Yeah. And we yeah. wanted to get it right. We wanted to take our time, and yeah, so we just took our time, and I developed the process of you know recording these demos and really just flushing them out and. Um, I would have, when I write songs, I I'll do everything at once. So I'm like literally jumping around my room, uh, my studio from guitar to bass, to drums, to guitar, to bass, to vocals. And I'm just kind of, um, building this song throughout yeah. the night. Oh um, and I, I love doing it cause I'm, I'm a drummer first and like, I, it's, it's really, I think drum, like writing the drums is, so important to me because of like it it, it's a direct correlation to the feeling of the song and it can directly support the melodic structure like you can have a drum part that is just um it could just not sound right you know and and um not carry that emotional weight it's like the, the every instrument has to serve the song like it's not about each part it's about the the grand scheme, it's about the grand piece, so right. everything has to fit together for to serve the the music so if that makes sense
1: with the self titled album with everything that needs to serve the song, is there any type of overarching theme to the album
0: um pretty much what I was talking about, just like the the pressure of writing you know. <laughs> That's a lot of it. Honestly, I was just like, so taken over by trying to one up myself. And I didn't want that to like, like I, when I first started writing for the album, it was like the songs were faster and they were more complicated and more technical. And I was like trying to outdo air. And then it wasn't until I realized that it's not about outdoing, it's about moving on from air and then creating something. New of like where I'm at now. Um, I think some people are like, oh, like this doesn't sound like air, so it's, you know, not good. But I feel like if I actually did put out an album that sounded like air, no one would have liked it mm-hmm. rather than having the vocal minority yell at me, you know? Right, yeah. So it's, I think we made the right choice for the band. Um, I absolutely think we made the right choice for the band. I love the songs and I love the album. And it, it's a it's a time capsule, you know. Yeah. It's that moment from where air picked up. We all quit our jobs, jumped in a van toured, Dan got married. I got married soon after that. Like all of these life changes, all in this time. Um, so it's just like, yeah, you you grow as people, and so does the music. And that's kind of why asteroid songs just don't fall out of the sky, is because it's so emotionally driven and, and just driven by my life and my experiences. And, um, it's like, I got to kind of be in the mood for that, for that song. It's almost like a, I'm like opening the door into myself and letting everyone in to just yell at me on YouTube. So it's (laughs) like, that's what I'm doing. And I just got to be ready, (laughs) you know? Um, So um well,
1: I like the self-titled album a lot. It definitely sounds like a progression from Air which I like cuz like you said, you know, there's no point in recording Air Part 2.
0: No, it wouldn't right. have been as good and it like you already have Air. Exactly. Go listen to Air, you know? It's like, like I don't want Metallica to do Master of Puppets 2. Yeah. Like <laughs> well they already did Unforgiven and King Diamond did Abigail 2. Yeah. Like we all know how that turned out. Yeah. So Abigail one is <laughs> still there and still good. So um, yeah, I just, we just kind of moved on. And and once I started hitting that stride for the self-titled album, it just, it felt natural and it felt, um, it felt good. You know, yeah. I really, really love those songs. And I thought we did some really cool things and I think we nailed some stuff and some stuff, maybe not so much. Like we took some chances with that record. There's no blast beats on it. Right, I yeah. that was a chance, you know? Um, yeah. But I think that was important for us because that would have been a crutch.
1: Yeah. Um, well,
0: I mean, but I would have put one in if it, <laughs> it served the song. Yeah, you know what well, I mean? Okay. But I felt like it
1: didn't. I really love songs like, like Beyond the Scope. I mean, that, that definitely sounds like a big progression from Air to the self-titled album. I don't see that. That wouldn't have fit on something, something like Air. So I really no. do like the progression.
0: I love that. That's probably my favorite song on the record. I don't know if people agree with me. uh, It's mine. I, I love that song. It was like the one that I fought for. I fought for, excuse oh, me, yeah. the most. It was just like, I I thought it was such a cool, different, uplifting song. Yeah. And it was written, like I really like that, the the image I get in my head with that song because uh, it's like, it was right when I was watching uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. And, like, there was a part of the show that like really influenced the lyrics. Oh, um, really? Like in my head, I'm thinking about Whatever her name is, the queen, Cersei, just looking down. Yeah, it's like pretty much in my head. the 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 point of view in that song is like from Cersei, just looking down on everybody,
1: and just oh, like, "Oh, cool,
0: you guys are nothing." It's just like you know, and and it's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. You die, whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't know. And then so it's like, I don't know. I, I think that was fun because I, I don't usually write like that. So. Okay. There's a lot of weird shit on on self-titled that like I don't usually write. I don't usually write about true things that happen to me, like with "I wish I was there when the sun set." Like, I don't usually mm-hmm. do that stuff. I don't usually write like that. So it was fun. It was, it was some cool stuff. Maybe that, some things we'll never do again.
1: That song, just, you, that song's been around a while though, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, that was I wrote that while I was mixing air, okay. but I had no vocals, so it was like it was around for years and could not another song with three different vocal (laughs) versions, you know, of just like, just doesn't nothing clicked until that happened. Okay. I couldn't tell you how it happened. Oh no, I can't tell you how it happened. I just picked (laughs) up, I I picked up my guitar and I played along with the song and I stood up like I was at a concert and I was like, what would I sing that would feel comfortable being in front of this many people? Okay. I'm just like that doesn't sound lame. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> just like, like what feels right and what feels natural. And then like I started developing that melody, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I got to use these like tricks. I got to <laughs> trick myself. <laughs> I'm always like finding ways to trick myself in the thinking differently or or tackling a problem. You know, I I'm an engineer in my and my um, like my day job and my I do freelance engineering work and broadcast and it's just like I guess it's that engineer mentality of like problem solving of just like critical thinking and just like all right how can I trick myself into writing this part or like <laughs> making it but it's fun I don't know it's not fun because I wish I just could write it yes. the first time but uh, it's it is it is fun I do, I do love writing.
1: You guys yeah. toured a lot since Eric came out. What's the, what are the best and worst experiences you've had? I mean, is there any any like horror stories from the road, or do you get the chance to meet somebody that's like an idol? Anything like that happen?
0: So we, I don't, I can't say there there have been like any real horror stories. Like we have the general horror stories of like we slept in the van in Arizona. Like in the middle of the summer, and you know, it was horrible. Like we did shit (laughs) like that all the time, and that's what every band does. And you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. Though I just Tommy from Between the barrier and Me just posted this thing the other day. I forget what I think it was CNN or like some some you know media company put it out, and it was like, um, LA band does whole tour in van, like. No one oh. had ever, like it was some impossible feat <laughs> no one has ever done. It's like, can you believe this band toured in a van the whole tour? Oh my. It's like, and I <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing in the world. I was like, I can't. It's, it's
1: like, all Suffering right. for their art.
0: And then it said in the, and then later in the, um in the article, it said, um, but it's okay. They got hotel rooms. <laughs> oh, well <then. laughs> So it's like, it's like, oh, okay. Oh so they, so they didn't actually. Do it. No. But um no. <laughs> no. Every band we've gone out with has been incredible. And they've been really great to us. Like meeting the Tesseract guys and like we've done three tours with them and that's been incredible. And um a really big one for me was Between the Barry to Me. And when you meet people like I've been listening to Between the Barry to Me since um the first record. So oh, I've yeah. been I was the one waiting for them. At their van, <laughs> you know? so I was that guy at one point. I did run away, like I never actually <laughs> stayed. I did. I, I did get too freaked out—not freaked out, but like I was like, ah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so when I met them, and they were all like really great guys, that always feels nice. Like yeah. when you meet your, you know, your idols, and then um, they're just really amazing people. And um, it was the same thing with Cody and Cambria. Like they, oh, they had man. no reason to be nice to us at all. Never mind, incredible. You know they were so welcoming and so nice, and everyone in that band—Josh, Zach, Claudio, Travis—they were—they were. I couldn't believe how sweet they were, and um, it was incredible. And their whole crew was amazing. So like, that's the other thing is like, you gotta. As a band, as an opener, like the number one thing for you to do is to you got to make friends with the crew because you're not yeah you're not dealing with the band like you have to make the crew like you yeah (laughs) you get off stage fast you need to not spill your beer everywhere and you need to knock a plane when you have nowhere to play you know yeah and because it's not the band that's gonna get pissed off you're gonna piss the crew off who's gonna tell the band who's then gonna tell them. The the next band never tore with Astronoid. Yeah. Because they can't shit together. So it's like, you. But so when there's a really great crew, like that's awesome, and it makes things easier for everybody. And um, it's just it's been really cool. Um, with all this, and and I can't, I can't forget about the Ghost shows. Like oh, Ghost yeah. is my like new modern favorite band. Like there, I think, Tobias is an absolute genius. Yeah. He is everything. Marketing. He's got it all figured out. Oh and no, kidding! His, his music is incredible. I don't care what you have to say; he can write a goddamn song.
1: Yeah, I, would get, uh, I I'm a a late comer like to that as as well. So, but I, I gotta agree with you. His stuff is everywhere.
0: He's unbelievable. Like I I went to their first show in the U.S. Oh really? Yeah, there was like ha- there was like nobody there. It was like half full. Wow. And me and a couple buddies, and you know it was it was amazing. So I've seen them from the small club to the medium club all the way to headlining exit 111, or like, you know, close to it. Yeah. You know, they're right behind Def Leppard. Wow. Um, so they've done fine. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's incredible. And meeting Tobias and meeting the ghouls and meeting their crew. The crew was a little, um, stern. <laughs> <laughs> stern. When you, i I've noticed a difference in um, seriousness as I go up the chain. Oh, you know, in yeah, terms of yeah. like, in, in terms of the bigger the band you get, the, the more serious the TM is, like the tour manager and their yeah. and their crew. And he was like all business, you know. So yeah. but he was great. He was nice. He was very welcoming. We had two cases of Budweiser waiting for us. Um, nice. So no complaints there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it just... Meeting Tobias was so great. Like, he was just like the nicest guy. All the guys in Ghosts were really nice. And it's just, I'm, we're so lucky that we're, we're, I feel like our music is positive and it seems to be, we're gravitating towards people that are that way. And um, same with our fans. Never met a fan that's an asshole. So, oh, that's awesome. Like everyone has, everyone, like it, it's almost like we're just pulling people, like minded people, in. You know, that so happens
1: a lot. Yeah, you'll you'll definitely find that.
0: Yeah, and I I'm we're lucky and it's and it's great. I can't complain. Well at I, all. I've been throwing your music out to everybody
1: I can. I've been posting it and sharing it with as many people as I can because I absolutely loved air. I love the self-titled album, so I'm trying to trying to pull people in for you as well. So
0: Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's 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 getting out there. It's it's incredible. I can't believe you know, if, if we were to hang it up right now, I'd be like, wow. Like <laughs> well,
1: don't do that because
0: it's been a cool ride, but we're not. Good, <laughs> you I
1: love you. My kids love your band. And even, even my wife, we were listening to it today. We had to run a couple errands since we found out my wife does not have COVID-19. So yes. for the first time in two weeks, we've been actually been able to leave the house. So uh, we ran out a couple errands and uh, I said, let me let me listen to the new album again. Just kind of kind of get in the mood for talking to Brett and uh, and to put it on and she was digging it the whole time so you got five yeah, fans in this house
0: great yeah it's it's a pretty uh, a lot of I've had I've told ugh, a lot of people have told me that they can listen to it with their girlfriends or significant others around so yeah. they put it on a lot in the car <laughs> I, I do and it, the re, for the
1: thing that really really drives it home for me is that you get the 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 music is fantastic, but the vocal harmonies are amazing. And you don't do I can I can only take like Cookie Monster growling and yelling for so long. And you guys don't do that. So No.
0: That's uh that's like the only constant we will never do it. Thank you. And I I still would say I still couldn't say never, but it's like a (laughs) one percent chance less (laughs) that we would ever do it. Like it is it's so it's not what we're trying to do. You know, I can't imagine screaming ever being oh. an noid. I know it was, it was in the first EP yeah. and it's, and, it, and on stargazer, but after stargazer, I'm like, this is it. And the main reason is because I don't want to do it. Yeah. That's it. I, I don't want to scream. I'm not good at it. <laughs> and it's singing is hard enough. Like yeah. guys like Danny and Tommy between the buried to me, like, I give him so much credit because I can barely hit the notes without going to a scream before it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I just, that was actually, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm never going to do it. <laughs> oh, good, this, that's it.
1: I love, I love the vocals the way they are. So I, that's good. Good news for me, but I've, yes, I've kept you for quite a while tonight, man. I want to thank you so much for spending oh. your, you know, a good chunk of your evening with me, man. It's,
0: it's been a blast. No problem. No, I've had fun. No, I, I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, where where so can people
1: I, find the albums?
0: And them so on social media we're too. On, we're on we're on everything. You can get us on Spotify, the Google Play, Amazon, um, our web store. Like we, you can go to our website, asteroidband dot com, and um, our social media is asteroid. It's at asteroid. I'm pretty sure on everything. Um, There's a not-
1: lot of asteroids out there. See, so you-
0: yeah. Um, but I don't know how our management secured just the name, but that was cool. I don't know that there's, there's a, a
1: whole lot of people looking for it. At, before,
0: <laughs> before. No. Well, I think there's a game. There might be a video, like an older video game. That's the only thing that comes up. But mm. I think we lucked out there because it was like, I don't know.
1: Well, you misspell a word. Chances are you're going to be able to find that account.
0: Right. So. Like we were, I was talking to my buddy last night. We were talking about The Fly. Because we've been watching a lot of movies, like the movie <laughs> The Fly with yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, God, and, yeah. And uh, he was like – he brought up Brundlefly. And then he's like, there's got to be a band named Brundlefly. Yeah. And I searched on Spotify. There's a band called Spot- or Brundlefly, of course. Okay. It was like a jazz band. Uh, it was pretty – not what I expected. Well,
1: that was uh, – I had a band on recently, Four Stroke Baron, and uh Really cool band. If you like Devin Townsend and you like Tears for Fears.
0: I love both of those things.
1: Okay, check out Four Stroke Baron because they're amazing. And wow. uh, it, it's basically Devin Townsend's music with Roland Orzabal singing. It's incredible. Mm. But uh, I asked him, said, how did, how did you guys come up with Four Stroke Baron? And they said, well, mixture of two things. We were trying to come up with a name that sounded like a Judas Priest lyric. And everything else that we tried was taken. So I was
0: like, okay, man, I love this band already. <laughs> my, my love for like eighties and like early se- or like seventies hair and like, you know, metal type stuff like that. I, I just love it. I, was priest and,
1: I can tell, I, I can hear a little bit of it in the music with the, uh, the, the psycho drums, a little bit of the, the compressed mm-hmm. distortion and the pinch harmonics.
0: A lot of the vocals though are like Def Leppard. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like. I try to get that layering. They just do it so well, and I don't really know how they did it back then, especially back then. Yeah. Um, seeing them at Exit 111 was life changing. Like really? they, they're one of those bands that, like, I think everyone, um, doesn't realize actually how much I like them. <laughs> really? Like, they're, they're. I'm like, I love Def Leppard, and they're like, Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's like, Yeah, it's cool. No. I knew, like, even I tricked myself like I went into that show and and we're, I'm standing there and I'm like they're gonna play a song I don't know soon two and a half hours later I knew every goddamn song <laughs> and most of the lyrics and funny story about that we I'm hanging around Casey and I are the only ones that stuck around to watch Def Leppard the other guys are in the van sleeping because it's too cold right bunch losers yeah. I'm throwing them right under the bus <laughs> so we're hanging out there and who is next to us is like Brent Hines right next to us. Oh, wow. So he, he just played and he's, he's just dancing around, singing the lyrics. And then um, the song Hysteria comes on and then it gets to the chorus and he just locks eyes with me <laughs> and we're singing the chorus of Hysteria to each other. <laughs> and it was, it was just one of those moments that like, I don't know why it happened, um but every time the chorus came back no matter where he was he found me and stared at me oh my god pointed at me and sang to me and it was like he had no idea who i was he definitely didn't know who i was like i'm just (laughs) throwing that up there he definitely didn't know who i was i knew who he was but then at the end we talked and and a little of that and And uh, now he knows and now he probably still doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we were the first band on today, yeah. you know, the first band on the, on the smallest stage. That was us. Oh but,
1: yeah, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. But anyways, like that, that's one of the cool, there's, there's one of the cool stories that I got. From, awesome. from the. Well,
1: that's and the then, kind of stuff I love hearing.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That stuff's fun. I, I, I love that stuff. And I have one other quick one with that. Yeah. yeah. So Nick Linux. One of the all-time greatest rock producers. He does. He's done uh, Alice in Chains, Mastodon, everything.
1: Rush Vapor Trails.
0: Yes. Unbelievable um, producer. Yeah. So I'm waiting. I'm watching Ghost. I'm just hanging out there. And there's Nick Linux alone, just like in the group, just singing his goddamn heart out. And <laughs> I loved it. Like, it was just such an awesome... Like, he was just fist pumping to Ghost and just going for it. And it was, like, such an awesome, genuine experience watching this dude just love the music. You know, he's worked with Ghost. He he did a, uh, a, a Ghost album and, I think, an EP. But um, it was just so cool. Like, I was like, I idolize this guy. And he is just, he's doing what I'm doing. He's just a yeah. Ghost fan, you know, right yeah. now. And I loved that. And and it it's really... Uh, humbling and just like, that's so fucking cool. Like we're all just music fans. Oh, like yeah. even no matter how, no matter what you've done in the end, it's like, we're all just fans of music.
1: Yep. And that's so. one of the things I love about doing this show is connecting with, with people like you who, who are just big fans and, and willing to, to talk about it and, and tell me your your favorite stories. Tell me who you, who you're into is, you know, doesn't matter who it is. I I love Tears for Fears. I love Van uh, Van Halen. I love Def Leppard. You know.
0: Yeah. There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. No. Nolan Oats. No, it's all great. You're you're talking. You're preaching to the choir here. Awesome. I I love all that stuff. <laughs> and earlier today, I was just listening to "Riding Christ" and "Deicide" and <laughs> "Cryptopsy." And you know, yesterday I was listening. I was watching videos of Tears for Fears and Talking Heads. And you know, it's you can. It's whatever you want. Like there's no. Guilty pleasures, I hate that word. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just I like, do too. yeah. I you shouldn't it. hang out with the people.
1: I I use it, but I don't believe it. That makes no,
0: sense. No, I'm with you. You kind of have to. Um,
1: to get your point across, you kind of have to sometimes.
0: Especially, well, it's like, it's your audience, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't go to anyone, you know? <laughs> you, you don't want to go up to a guy with like, you know, full corpse paint and just be like, dude that Taylor Swift record, right? <laughs> you know, it's a, we are he, never, ever, ever. love it or like, he's, I don't know, he's not going to be into it. No. So. <laughs> you are trouble. Yep.
1: Now, so. I could just, I could go back and forth with the on bands all night, man. This has been a blast.
0: I know. No, thank you. No, I've had, I've had a, Good time. It's I like I said, I haven't had anyone to talk to. <laughs> My well, wife runs away every time I put on these talking head videos. I'm like, mailing, just one more David Byrne video.
1: <laughs> well man, I will connect with you on Instagram. You can chat me up anytime you want. I'm, I'm yep. always up for it.
0: I'm on Instagram, Brett Strenoid, and everyone else is pretty much a variation of that. Dan Stranoid and Matt Stranoid and Casey's Casey Howard. Oh well there uh, you go. Uh, yeah, he, he he was too cool to be a part of the asteroid club.
1: But you, you know what's scary? You know who else did that? The Heaven's Gate.
0: The what?
1: The Hale-Bopp comet people. Yeah. They did that with their names too. Not the Noid part, but they all had a little uh, nickname that they gave each other, that they gave themselves, and they would end it up with o- Odie. Like, and I, got, I was just listening to a documentary about it, and this is the <laughs>
0: Wait, wait. What was this a podcast or was it a? Yeah, uh, if
1: Was it? I'm not gonna. I may edit this part out, but if you listen to the last podcast on the left, the guy oh, that, I
0: listened to that one. Okay, yeah. they it, just redid Heaven's Gate. Yeah, so I you, didn't finish it yet.
1: If you, uh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, they did like a four parter on Heaven's Gate or something. So on one of the early parts, they talk about how they started giving each other or themselves names. Like, yeah, and
0: like, like like uh, Keep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowen, yeah, but but uh, the, the actual, the followers had names too, and like, if you were, if there's one guy that was really tall, and they, you know, there was like, at that time, there were only like 20 people, so the one dude who was really tall, his name was Tall Odie, and then somebody else was, I, I don't know, funny, so they call him Funny Odie, and so they, everything oh. ended in, like, I think it was O-D-I or something like that, but
0: that's weird i gotta finish that yeah <laughs> i kind of stopped listening to that podcast because it's a little dark it does where we're at it does right get now. Yeah. i'm sticking to my playstation <laughs> podcast that's that. that's okay they can talk about video games and,
1: and now you've got a new one you can listen to with this one.
0: Oh yeah no it's good
1: so well,
0: on man, that I- note